is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market. Think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risks so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. You're listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision reality faster. The Thrive Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization supporting Canada's entrepreneurs to succeed. This podcast is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcast to subscribe to the Thrive community and make sure to subscribe to listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and SoundCloud. Finally, we'd love for you to rate this podcast. Leave a review on iTunes for a chance to have it read on air. We want these shows to impact as many people as possible and your reviews will help get us there. I'm your host, Sharon Chung, creator and host of In Good Company, an online video series that makes those meaningful but often inaccessible conversations on life and career open and available to all. Welcome to the show. Tracy's joining us on Thrive today to dive into her passion for leadership and how building strong, genuine working relationships can support the execution of strategic results. Tracy has over 17 years of leadership experience and has specialized in HR for the past 12. Prior to Sovereign, Tracy has led HR teams with Brookfield Residential, CETA, and before that had a management career in the food and beverage industry. Over her career, she's led the development and implementation of several talent-related programs within Canada and the U.S., such as mentorship, coaching, and various leadership development programs and courses. Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, Tracy. We couldn't be more excited to be speaking with you today. Reading your resume alone, I can tell you've carved a career that fits your individual needs and curiosities. So I'd like to begin today's conversations by learning more about about the work that you do. Welcome. 
Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to be here with you. Reading your resume alone, I can tell you've carved a career that uh, it fits your individual needs and curiosities. So I'd like to begin today's conversations by learning more about the work that you do and your career journey. Yeah, my career has definitely taken, I'd say, an unconventional path. Um, As you mentioned, I started out in food and beverage management, which was a really great learning ground. And where it led me was uh, kind of two areas. One, I realized that I loved leading teams. And two, I really had a passion for, at the time I didn't realize, but now realize, a passion for HR and and the topics that HR covers. So I started out um, in HR in the recruitment field and then... um, have dabbled in all different areas of HR, which led me to here uh, being at Sovereign and leading the Sovereign HR team, as well as the corporate admin team and facilities team for Sovereign um, across Canada. So it's been an exciting journey and I continue to learn every single day. I love that your career trajectory has really been a reflection of what your curiosities and passions are uh, in keeping with the wealth of HR experience you carry with you. Our entrepreneurs listening along may be in a stage where they're thinking about or ready to make their first hire. In Mm -hmm. your opinion, what skill sets should new businesses focus on their first hires? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, and it's not. I wouldn't say it's a simple answer. I do have a few thoughts that I'll share, but I think it's uh, it'll be different for everybody and every company. But I would say maybe starting off by taking a step back and really looking at your business. What makes your startup or your business different? What makes you unique? And what's your strategic direction? Because I think once you're really clear on, on that, or at least a little clear on that, then you can really start focusing in on hiring the talent that brings value to those areas. Um, so maybe before even thinking about skill sets, you'd want to think about your company values. I think the values can truly help you define what's important to you, what's important to your company, and they can help guide decisions in in many areas, not just in hiring, but also specifically in hiring. Um, So it can help you determine what kind of people you want in your organization. I tend to believe, for the most part, that skills can be taught. And I think it's important to have people around you that support your values and your core values. Um, One of the things I was going to share around that is that there's lots of studies out there, but one study in particular that I read says that only 11% of failed new hires are based on technical competence or the skill Mm. or incompetence or the skills. And the rest of the people that are failing in those jobs are due to factors like temperament, lack of coachability, or not living um, or upholding the values of the company. So it really comes back to just like, you got to be really clear on what you want and the type of values you want to have living in your organization and the people that'll live those. So I think it's worth taking some time to think about that. That's so key in understanding where you want to go before even looking at that first hire, though Mm -hmm. that first hire is uh, really signaling to yourself as an entrepreneur that not only do you got this, you're ready to use the power of a team to accomplish your goals. Now, with that being said, that stat you shared, uh, Mm -hmm. 11%, that's that's very intriguing and um, it, it kind of, leans into the need to have 
a good hiring process. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so an incredible amount of thought needs to be considered to attract the right type of applicants, strong applicants, uh, to conduct good screening and interviewing, and Mm -hmm. to put the right people in the right jobs. What practical advice would you share to help businesses waste less time and money when it comes to hiring and to up their chances in finding good talent at the start of their hiring processes? Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, well, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll touch a little bit more on the first question, which will lead me into that second question you just posed. But I think a, a couple other things I'd want to mention um, around the, the thoughts on the first hires is, you know, I think one of the things that I would recommend is taking some time to do some workforce planning, which will then help me answer question two. But thinking about not just your current needs, like what you need today, but what you might need in the future from a workforce perspective. So think beyond just basic functions. Um, consider things like where do you need your business to go? What's the next step in your plan? What skill sets will help you get there? Um, and think about your own skill sets as, as the leader of this company. So where are you strong and weak and what can complement you? Um, do you have the time and the ability right now to teach some skills or are you needing to hire a, like someone more seasoned? Um, and what can you delegate? What areas of the business are you able to let someone else come in and, and support you on? So I think, you know, for startups, you're likely not potentially not able to offer um, all the time a top dollar getting getting things started. So it's not always about the money, but I would take a, a step back too and look at the full employee value proposition. So work schedules, um, you know, things like that, creative forums, what training and development can offer. And then that really helps, um, you know, kind of build your your foundation. And then moving into your, your second question around um, the process, again, I think it ties back to that first question on really truly knowing your values and your employee value proposition. So what what and who do you want to attract? Um, I'll I'll share something at Sovereign. Over the last while, we've spent some significant time building our employee value proposition, which really helps us to be clear on, on the things I mentioned. And it helps define and ensure that our programs are aligned so that we're attracting and retaining the right talent for our company so that we're, um, our talent is, is supporting our strategic goals and direction. I think one of the other things at Sovereign that I'll mention is we have a unique structure where we have both our marketing department and our HR team reporting into the same vice president. So Mm -hmm. that really helps to connect the customer journey and the employee journey or the employee experience. So, you know, the alignment piece is is really critical um, to forming the foundation of your process. And I've seen this in organizations where you're starting to streamline those key service delivery lines, whether that's Mm -hmm. communications, Um, and HR or different functions that sit Mm -hmm. within HR. Uh, So that totally makes sense. And it makes it easier for your employees to know where they stand in that they're delivering services to people and to Mm -hmm. its people, right? Uh, And uh, Yeah, for sure. And I think about uh, the startups that I've worked for, and the ones that I, I'm thinking back uh, in particularly, they were at their very early stages when they hired me. So mm-hmm. they needed someone who could pick up and run with whatever they threw their way. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you need someone who sometimes just knows what they're doing, can make suggestions and ideas, yeah, exactly. but can really I mean, take an idea understanding and own the it. Skills you need and then for a startup that is next important. step so I'm not is someone who's that for sure. you need helping to know, you with are you that looking workforce for planning. That? 
and um, growing you know, bring the bring time management or flexibility and agility stage. or strategic thinking um, what, or creativity, like all those things. I mean, and those will all be dependent on um, your business and your business model. But I think, you know, one of the things I'll add is that early on in my career, um, a mentor of mine said, you know what, it's really important to believe in potential, not just looking at skills, right? So experience doesn't always mean expertise. So if someone has potential and the right attitude and fits your 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 values, then why not give them a chance to wow you? Because I think sometimes you'll be surprised. And I've seen that, um, you know, it's, I've experienced that many times and it's always really exciting when that actually comes to life. So I would, I would suggest, you know, spending time looking at skills, but also looking beyond that. Um, in regards to the actual hiring process, um, kind of from a technical side, I'd say it sounds simple, but creating templates is really helpful. Mm-hmm. You don't want, you don't have time to be recreating the wheel. So take some time and create, there's tons of stuff out there. You don't even have to do this from scratch, but you know, whether it's a phone screening guide or an interview guide or a list of competency-based questions, um, I recommend taking some time to have specific questions around your values once you have those defined so that you are consist- consistently asking those questions and ensuring that you're getting the information from people on how they view those values. So, um, you know, looking at some of those internal processes um, will save you you time up front. And another thing I'll mention is, you know, keeping in mind with the social media, how that's so huge now, Uh, not necessarily maybe when I started my career, but um, it is now. And it kind of puts your company and every company in a spotlight. So I would leverage that. I would leverage advocates um, to get the word out about how great and unique your company is, whether that's on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Glassdoor. Um, There's far less privacy out there right now. And people are relying on that versus just what you're saying on your website. So I think an important piece of the hiring process is, is, looking at that and how you want to leverage yourself that way. So um, my last thought on this question would be, you know, don't settle. I think most important, just be picky, take your time. This is a big decision, especially when you're a small company. So um, don't rush it. There were so many good nuggets in what you shared there. Um, I agree that today's modern organization, whether you're a startup, whether you're a a corporation uh, that's been around for decades, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to consider employer branding. It's a key tool in building your reputation and getting the right type of consumers while building an authentic piece of trust. You wanna show that you're not only selling whatever you're selling, but you you see your own identity as something as as big of a part of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I agree, again, that it makes sense to create templates. Don't reinvent the wheel for yourself. Maybe that next stage is putting together or using existing frameworks. and then also identifying ways that you're not contributing to, say, institutional barriers that already exist. This is a uh, podcast dedicated to female entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. so it would it be, I think, a uh, a missed opportunity if I didn't talk about mm-hmm. you know the current workplace system. It it's not necessarily built for women, or it wasn't built for women in mind. So. My question to you, Tracy, is how can female entrepreneurs design HR policies or hiring processes that can move us all forward together? Mm-hmm. Well, 
I think if they find out the answer, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely something on likely many leaders' minds, not just um, startups or anything, but uh, definitely on my mind and on the mind of um, the leaders here at Sovereign. I think one of the things that we're really trying to focus on lately is um, culture ad versus culture fit. So when I grew up um, grew up doing recruiting, we talked a lot about culture fit and we would interview for culture fit and we would have questions around making sure that people fit within our culture or within our team. And I think I've started to really see a shift in that mindset and I'd like to see that continue to shift. And, and we are making strides at Sovereign and our, and our broader company at, within the co-op group um, to make that happen. And I think Hiring people like you all the time may not be the best route. Um, sure. If you have a lens on diversity and inclusion in your workplace, then you'll find yourself looking in areas that you might normally look for talent, and you'll be pleasantly surprised with what you might be able to bring into your culture and what might support your success. So I think just having that lens, doing your research, learning a bit about it, um, finding different ways and how different programs can impact that, I think is a really great place to start. And just going in with that mindset of culture ad, what can what can this person add to the culture versus, you know, fitting into a mold? And so expanding on that culture ad, are there examples that you could share of what that looks like at Sovereign? Yeah, I think so. It's just um, when you, anytime you're looking to add someone to your team, you stop and you think what skill sets would add to this. So um, one of the things we've recently done um specifically at Sovereign is we were looking at our, our competency and our, our competencies in the in the business and within HR and we were looking at all the changes we were going through and what we decided we needed to support all that change was um, more, more competency in a change function. So we looked for people within our organization that would bring a different mindset than or in a different skill set than our, our typical HR um, training or typical HR person. And we've now um, expanded the HR team to include someone who will build that expertise and competency in in change. So it's, it's not something that would necessarily always sit in an HR team, but we talked about the the skill sets and the competencies and the the pieces that we would want that would really challenge us in our current thinking and push us to think differently. So diversity of thought um, in how we build our programs and, and, and how we support the business in these changes going forward. So that's one small example of, of a shift we've made here. Oh, I love that. And, you know, just having that uh, difference of opinion is, is so important, uh, especially uh, during big times of organizational changes. I mean, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, the big goal is often to grow or scale, and that can sometimes mean an influx of new hires. How can business owners lead their teams during these moments, especially in consideration mm-hmm. of those ad- added perspectives or uh, not even in that competency mm-hmm. plus potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you're talking about how business owners can prepare for like these organizational changes, and I guess the size of those will depend um, greatly. But I think there's just so many resources out there and so much information and training on organizational change, um, whether that's big or small, that it can actually be kind be kind of confusing. So. I think you just have to really spend time focusing on those 
the first part questions that we talked about around your values, your your value proposition, and then figure out what approach will work best for your business and your culture. Um, at Sovereign, um, in regards to change, we've kind of um, settled on a three-step model, and we use engage, align, and equip. So. It's all about people. And then you take this model and you scale it to size based on the type of change, the size of change, et cetera. Not every change is massive, but every change does impact people. So, um, you know, the engage piece is all about engaging um, key stakeholders to understand and discuss discuss the change. I think a lot of times what we see or what I've seen in the past is a change is coming, but the leaders felt that they didn't have all the information. So they withheld information instead of just being open and transparent and discussing it up front. So engage is all about that. Um, Then we move into align. So aligning our key stakeholders um, on those changes and then equipping, equipping our leaders to be change leaders and providing them with the tools that they need to lead their teams through these things. Um, you know, so it's it's a pretty robust process. And of course, this is all supported by different tools, um, whether that be like change impact assessments or change plans and likely different um, creating different materials for some change champions um, within your organization. So I, I think that that's our model. We're, I mean, it's still new to us. Like I said, we just um, are in the process of sort of defining our change function at Sovereign. But I think it's a really important topic and I think it'll be something we'll see more and more in organizations as we as we continue through that journey. Um, one other thing I'll just mention on that in regards to change is I think it's really important to st- start thinking about change from the feeling side. So a lot of people look at change and they think about the thinking part of change and the tactics. But I think we need to remember that it's really important to capture the hearts and minds of our people. If we especially, they need to understand the why if we want to bring them along with any change. So I, I completely agree when it comes to change. Nobody likes it. No. Uh, we can say that we're ready to adapt, but there's small little uh, pieces of uh, barriers that we don't often even see. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe a restructure impacts your day-to-day relationships because uh, the people that you've been working alongside for five, 10 years, they're n- now on a different floor. And mm-hmm. so your level of engagement as an employee changes. And it's something important for entrepreneurs and business owners to consider. And I, I oh, love yeah. that three-step model of engaging, aligning, and then equipping. So mm-hmm. it's it's not only um, informing and ensuring that your, your I, I would guess, your influencers, the, the people that uh, are the leaders within your organization, or have leadership skills uh, are able to influence those around them and ensure that they're considered, but also giving Mm -hmm. them the materials that they need so that they can explain that big why. Exactly, yeah, and I would also recommend, there's a really great book, I'm sure you've heard of it, by Brene Brown, um, Daring Greatly, and she has um, some really great tips too, and I think um, she talks to, I think her steps are um, proactively communicate, reality check the stories and build resilience so you know like i said earlier every company will have a slightly different approach you have to do what works for you and your company but i think it is important to have an approach and to take the time to to understand so that you are supporting people um, to better handle these changes whether they're small or big or planned or unexpected so good read if if they're interested that's definitely a great read and i'm gonna meet your brene brown quote with (laughs) 
Brene <laughs> Brown <laughs> on my end, because I just think it's so fitting in this uh, situation here. Uh, her quote is, you can have courage or you can have comfort, but you can't have both. And when yeah. it comes to change, you can sit and just let the situation evolve and, uh, you know, see and respond and react as is, or you can have the courage to explain why you're doing it and be open and transparent. And I just think that's relevant in this context, but I could go on and on about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love that quote. And I think that's great advice. And you're right, you know, and sometimes um, these changes are not going to be um, received well. And sometimes you just have to be able to have the courage, you know, that, you know, even if it's hard or difficult, that it's the right thing to do. And I think the more transparent you can be, we could do it a whole nother podcast on transparency, but I think the more transparent and upfront and genuine you can be, um, then I think, you know, the easier it'll be to handle the changes. So. It's, it's a good way to show that you're not only invested in your people, you're you're aware of the need to retain them and mm-hmm. to consider every aspect of a change on uh, that, that can impact them. Now, I'd like to shift the conversation uh, towards mentorship because you had mentioned mm-hmm. that earlier and we know that it's a game changer, especially for women striving for leadership positions. Uh, can you go uh, a little mm-hmm. bit deeper into what mentorship has looked like for you? I'd like mm-hmm. to move towards how we can lead our teams as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit to mentorship and then also a little bit just in general about leadership programs. Um, and maybe I'll start with leadership. I think, um, you know, there's there's so many different types of ways you can develop your leaders and develop leadership programs. But I think one of the most admired companies and sought after approaches is Disney. Um, they do it so well. So Disney figured out like years ago that investing in a strong leadership program enables your employees to live your values, which is critical for success. And at Disney, it enables them to bring magic to their guests. So I think every company can kind of take a little bit of that magic and figure out what the system will be for you. Um, but start, starting out, it might be tricky, right? Where a startup company may not have the funds that Disney had to start out. Um, so developing these things could be tricky. So I'd suggest looking at things like partnerships um, where possible. So maybe within the industry, there's always industry associations and training, whether that's, you know, lunch and learns, networking opportunities, conferences, things like that. Um, and also Disney does offer some training and public workshops for those that are interested. You can learn from the best there. Um, but I think mentoring and, and, and things like coaching, mentoring, job shouting, those are more often, I would say, um, cost effective ways that startups could to invest in this without, you know, a huge uh, financial investment. So mentorship, I think, can take so many different um, ways and forums to come to life in a company, but it, it can be very super cost effective. Um, it can be something very simple and informal where you're just literally connecting people, um, or it can be built into something far more complex and, and more formal. So I've um, built and worked in sort of both of those and, and hybrids of that as well. And I, I can't say one way is better. It's just going to be what, what works best for your business and your culture. So mentorship can be a 
as simple as just um, finding someone that you admire, a role model, and setting up a regular coffee with them where you just chat through business problems and, and get new perspectives. That's another way to bring diversity and inclusion into your mindset and diversify your thoughts is just by you know asking people to challenge your way of thinking. So um, I think mentorship is, is a great way to develop people um, that's really easy for people to, to, to access. And so mentorship is often the first step in building a good leadership development program. I think it can be for sure. It could be fundamental and it can be foundational. Um, I don't think it always has to be that way, but um, I think if I was starting my own business, that would definitely be my first go-to is setting up people um, for success by aligning them with others that can help them get their um, support along the way. And then, you know, as, as the company's growing, then you, you look at other ways to develop people and, and support them. For uh, women who are within the entrepreneurship landscape and they're ready to uh, jump right into it, what would you say to those who are feeling scared to lead? How do we squash this fear that stops us from taking on new challenges for ourselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I think too many people um, are are scared to lead. In it. And so I hope that we can, you know, make a dent in this and, and move forward in a positive way. But maybe I'll start out with a with a story. Um, recently at Sovereign, we had an employee who came into HR and they were just asking about a compensation question or related question. And the conversation kind of ended up uh, taking a few turns and they ended up having a, a good talk around development and really owning your career. And the employee had just read an article that was on our internet and it got him thinking about what he might be capable of. So the article that was posted was from a current employee and it kind of shared her her leadership journey. She's a young leader um, in the company and she was really vulnerable and um, shared her story. And she talked a lot about how you know she had fears about being able to lead, but she really wanted it. And so what she had to do um, to kind of push through that fear and how she surrounded herself by by great mentors within the company and outside of the company. And what that did for him was he he read that article and left thinking like, well, geez, maybe if she can do it, maybe I can do it. Um, Maybe there's something beyond um, what I'm doing now. And it really changed his mindset. So I think for those people that are scared to lead, it's it's about connecting yourself. Um, it's about building your confidence. And I think uh, as an organization or as a leader, when you have people that may be scared to lead, it's really about finding ways to elevate them, connect them, and create those forums to inspire and shape and help them shape and create their path. So you know, maybe it's it can be as simple as I, as uh, the story I shared, where it's just an, an article. So we created a forum for someone to share their story, which connected to someone else. So I think at a startup phase, this can things like that can be done really simply and inexpensively, and uh, I think it might be a great way to kind of start shifting that um, fear. Oof, that was a, a good example there, uh, clearly bringing to life how we all need people. Mm-hmm. And it can, leadership can feel lonely, but once you start arming yourself with mentors and networks of people mm-hmm. who have been through the exact same experience, and maybe they won't tell you how to carve that path out for yourself, but they can certainly mm-hmm. share the right tools to get you from point A to B. Yeah, and I've, um, I've had many, I've been really, really lucky, and I've had some great mentors in my life and, st- and still do. Um, one of my mentors, talked 
to me um, early early on about emotional courage. So, you know, it's okay to be scared and it's okay to feel and show fear, but use that energy to kind of push you forward. So find ways to build your skills, act strategically, um, thoughtfully, and learn about yourself. So know, um, you know, where your strengths and opportunities are. Um, one of the tools that I really support leveraging is the DISC tool. So it's an assessment model and it talks to your preferences in the workplace. So when the, nor- the more you know about yourself, I think the more able you are to, to push yourself and also push others. So, you know, be a little vulnerable, be transparent. Mm. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all the answers, but um, yeah, dive in. Vulnerable leadership. I love that. I, um, I think it's also important uh, to, to reflect on this question, because I'm sure mm-hmm. there's many entrepreneurs listening along who've heard over and over, you need a mentor, you need <laughs> someone who's in your corner. And mm-hmm. I'm sure some of these people are just scared to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So my, my question to you is, how do you, uh, how do you start that initial outreach? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's just as simple as doing that. I mean, it's talking to the people in your network, whether that's a friend, a family, a coworker. Um, there's just so many people out there that are open and willing to connect that I think you just got to take that first step. Um, so, you know, whether that's grabbing someone for a coffee or or having the courage to show up to a networking event in the evening, things like that. But just, you know, I think people will be surprised if you ask how many people are willing to and wanting to support um, other people. And I think there's a big trend right now which I'm loving, which is, you know, women supporting women. So, you know, there's, I feel a much more openness um, to having those conversations and those building those partnerships. So I think now is a great time to just take the chance. We're, we're definitely at this incredible point in time where many of us are shifting our mindset that we can't do it or there's not mm-hmm. enough room for us to, we can get there faster if we move there together. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. so I, I do want to ask, what do you want women entrepreneurs listening to take away from this conversation today? Mm-hmm. Well, I always think, you know, if, whether it's a, a TED talk or a day of training or anything, I think as long as you can walk away with one nugget that really uh, struck you, then, then, then it's been worthwhile. So hopefully someone will, will be able to pull something out of today. Um, but a few things I guess I'd say is, um, and I don't think this is just for women, this is probably for anyone, but just trust yourself and take challenges and and really work on building your confidence. I mean, everybody's unique. Everybody has different talents and we need all that in the workplace and outside of the workplace. So, you know, I think one of the things that I was um, told again early on in my career and continue to be told is just continue to be yourself, continue to be genuine. I mean, there's always best practices around leadership and mentorship and, and, and all of that, but you got to find a way to do that by bringing your whole self and your whole genuine self. And I think that's really important. You can't lose sight of who you are and what's important to you. Um, 
I'd also say speak up. Don't be afraid to, to take risks. And again, advice given to me really early on when I was new to leadership was I used to be pretty quiet in meetings. Is You don't have to always say something. Don't just say something for the sake of saying something, but make an effort in every meeting or every opportunity to push yourself to say something that you're confident in or even just ask a question that'll help strengthen your understanding and your knowledge. So I think that's really important just to, you know, if you're uncomfortable or you're, you're one of those people that maybe or isn't always the first to jump in and speak, just just take that chance and, and push yourself a little. And we've talked a lot about mentorship today, so I definitely say surround yourself with mentors. I think that's a great um, opportunity that every that's available to everyone. And then earlier, I think we talked a little bit about potential versus skill. And I would say, you know, now's the chance to see the potential in yourself, not just in others. So, um, yeah, take the time to to know you and and know um, trust what's in inside of you. So. That, that's uh, those were incredible gems to share and it goes back to that vulnerable leadership that you were speaking about mm-hmm. and how that can help create a psychologically safe environment for your employees mm-hmm. and that goes back to the first question I had on improving our hiring processes mm-hmm. when you show who you authentically are people, especially those who are just starting out and joining your cause, they see it. So it's important to know who you are and to show it. Yeah, I really believe that. I think it's super important to be be who you are. And of course, everyone grows and changes and, um, you know, becomes better. But I think there's, you got to find out who you are, what you stand for, and just show that to people. People, people want to be around genuine people. Nobody wants people that put on airs or put on, um, you know, the fake show. So I think it's, it's really critical to just show up and, and be yourself. And that might mean that you're not perfect and that you stumble on your words sometimes, or you say things that are, you know, offside. And I think that's all okay, as long as you know, it's coming from a genuine, um, good intention place. Wow. We've covered so much today from how to up your hiring game to preparing your people for those organizational changes, even preparing yourself uh, by by being open and transparent. Thank you so much, Tracy, for mm-hmm. uh, this incredibly insightful conversation. I, I think that the listeners will have some really good take-home points as well. Do you have any lasting points that you'd like to share for women who are hoping to continue thriving at life and work, and uh, especially as they're starting to carve out new paths for themselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll I'll end on my last two thoughts. I guess is one would be even though I just said, you know, be genuine. And sometimes that means a slip up, slip up. That's true. But words do matter. So watch your words. Um, it's known. You can read many articles about the fact that women say sorry far more than men. So I would say try to remove sorry from your vocabulary. Find a different way um, to express that feeling. Um, I think it goes a long way in building credibility in a workforce that is male dominated. And I think this, the last thing I'll end with is a quote from my sister, actually, she's my little sister, um, but she says, as do many others, choose kind. So everyone is going through something and be kind to others and also most importantly, be kind to yourself. So this is a journey, we're all on journeys, um, choose kind. Oh, I love that. 
Thank you so much. I don't know about the listeners out there, but this whole conversation, it inspired me so much to connect with more business owners, more leading women like yourself, Tracy, and more mentors. So thank you so much again for today's conversation. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on this week's Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook resources for women entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rivers Corbett and to plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Sharon Chung and it's time to thrive.